Hey everyone, welcome to episode number two of the Dev Time Stories podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and you just tuned into the podcast where we get to tell and listen to wartime stories from the software development and entrepreneurship world. But before we move on, I'd like to introduce this week's guest. So give a warm welcome to myself because nobody's going to be the guest of episode number two of an unknown podcast. Now, it seems like I have all my bad jokes with me today. So let's just skip over this fluff and let's just jump into it. Let's get down to business. The topic of this episode is specialization. And the reason I want to talk to you about this is that I've been an ignorant for a big part of my career. So here's the deal. I was a strong believer in the generalist path. I was so entrenched in this belief that I belittled people who wanted to become or were specialists in their field. I actually thought less of them because I found them to be lazy and unwilling to know more and unwilling to expand. What do you mean you want to be an Angular and Bootstrap expert? What about Vue? What about React? Oh, so you're going to specialize in ExpressJS? But don't you want to know Happy or Koa? By the way, before I move further, let me say that for the one listener who hasn't been touched by this vile language we call JavaScript, the names you heard before are just names of JavaScript libraries and frameworks. There's nothing you need to stress about. Like I said, I was a big believer in generalism. Maybe it was because of my country's culture. Because in Romania, we say that Romanians are good at everything that they know a little bit of everything. And this is something that I've actually come to hate, by the way, because I feel, I realize that many of the things that go wrong in this country are like that because we have people who just happen to know a bit of this and a bit of that, who start things but never finish them. Or even worse, they just start things and they mess them up. Anyway, After looking more carefully at the problem, I realized that I didn't hate experts, so to speak. I just hated the term expert. I hated the term specialist. And that was mostly because we self-assign those titles. If someone gives you the title of expert or specialist, I'm cool with that. But if you just add it yourself, I'm not buying. For example, I don't have anything against Herbie Hancock being called a piano expert or master or specialist or guru for that matter. The man's a legend. The same way, I wouldn't mind seeing similar titles assigned to people like Linus Torvalds or Elon Musk. But the thing is that these people have something else that shadows that term. They have humility. They know their worth, and simply because they're humble enough not to try to stand out, they actually stand out. Okay, I'm riffing off right now, but you get the point. I don't like self-assigned titles. The bigger problem is I'm guilty of self-assigning titles myself. You know, you gotta sell, you gotta attract the looks, especially if you're nobody. And you don't think that simply putting in the work, you will attract all of that. So you start calling yourself names. And if you do this, at least, at least try not to make a fool of yourself. Don't call yourself an AngularJS expert If you just got past the hello world and you just went through, I don't know, a paid tutorial or a paid course or something. Okay then, now that we got this out of our way and I got the chance to give you a bit of backstory with regards to specialization, let's go through both options, namely specialization and generalization, and let's list the advantages and drawbacks of each. So first up, 
let's go through the advantages of being a generalist as seen through my lens. One of the biggest advantages I got from being a generalist was that I was able to pivot quickly within the same company. So let's say I do JavaScript development on the front end, but I want to learn Node.js. I can shift quickly because I also know a bit of PHP, so I'm partly confident working on the server side. And I don't know how to work with databases, for example, but I'll figure it out. And let's take another example. Let's say I'm a Node.js developer and the company has issues with the communication between development and operations. You know, those handoff problems and all that. I could propose and become an intermediary, the middleman between development and operations, and I would get to learn to work with AWS, that is Amazon Web Services, and various logging and monitoring platforms because let's say in the past I fiddled with Docker a bit and I once set up an elastic search logstash and Kibana stack, which is Elk for short. See, it's okay to be a generalist because you get to shift positions pretty fast. The downside, once everything is in place, you can easily be replaced by a specialist, especially if you don't get to specialize on one of the positions you work on. That's a lot of specialty. So being a generalist is a two-edged sword. On one side, I would recommend being a generalist at the beginning of your career, like I was, because it will help you when going for that specialty. But that also means hard work, knowing a lot of things relatively well, moderately well, is a lot of hard work and requires a lot of sacrifice. On the other hand, now that I specialized and I also helped a couple of friends with different backgrounds become software developers, I'm very tempted to say that it would be easier if you start off directly with specialization. Either way, we're going to talk a bit more about this when we get to specialization. Okay, so let's get to the drawbacks of being a generalist. As I said, you can be easily replaced by a specialist. Someone with deep knowledge in a specific set of technologies can easily take your place. That's not a big problem if that's your goal of setting everything up for specialists to take over. That's kind of my approach to the technical strategies I create for some of my clients. I help them zoom in on the mix of technologies that would support their efforts and then their technical team of specialists do the work I'm not suitable for. Another drawback of being a generalist is that you're easy to negotiate with. Because you know a lot of things averagely well, this means that there are a lot of people like you. And you're not only competing with, let's say, your own kind, the generalists, but you also compete with the specialists. Also, when people hire a generalist, they don't have a pain they want to get rid of. They just want an extra set of hands to work on some already planned stuff. This means that being a generalist makes you kind of a commodity. Like, you're just like storage. And storage is cheap, so don't be storage, right? You don't want to be the Amazon S3 of web development. Okay, enough with this generalist thing. Let's move to the interesting stuff. Becoming a specialist. So the first and biggest advantage of being a specialist is that you're able to zoom in pretty well on jobs. If you're looking for employment, being a React.js and semantic UI expert means you're able to find relevant jobs faster and you will be more attractive and appealing to the person who posted the job ad. 
If you're self-employed, that's even better because you get to look for specific contracts. You get to work only with people interested in whatever you're interested at the time. And you get to be more relaxed because you got this. It's your specialty. It's not like being a generalist when you're just bombarded with questions that you're not 100% sure you can answer. And I'm veering off a bit right now, but one of the biggest fears I had when decided to specialize in React and Node.js was that I wouldn't be able to find contracts or that finding contracts would become harder and harder. What if I find a project and I can't take it? Well, it's actually great because if you have an Angular project and I can't work on it, then I don't get the stress and pressure that I usually go through having to learn some in-depth specifics on the job. And just think about the times you would feel like an imposter when people ask you about a specific problem, something that's very specific to Angular, and you have to, I don't know, wing it. Another big advantage of being a specialist is that it puts you in a different position when negotiating fees. When people reach out to you, they usually have a problem and you have the experience and the track record to solve that problem. So this means that the fees will be the smallest of problems. If you're a specialist looking for a job, this also puts you in a position where the people who are reaching out to you are dedicated to recruiting you or just a small set, a handful of people. And I always hear this complaint for my team lead, and I'm air quoting this, colleagues in the industry, because they complain that their approach with generic copy and paste messages and that they're not personally addressed. Well, if you would have some open source contributions, if you would be more niche, you would probably have a bigger chance that recruiters will call you by your first name and know all your online profiles and articles. Okay, let's talk about competition. While being a specialist, competition, although fierce, is smaller than if you were to be a generalist. You're competing with less people for positions. And the advantage is that if you decide, if you want to, you can also compete with generalists and you could also win. Though I wouldn't advise that because when people are looking for generalists, like I said, fees will play a greater role in the decision-making process and you don't want to play the fee game. Now, I know that I made specialization look like this kind of promised land where rivers of milk and honey flow. It's not 100% like that, although at times it can be. So two of the biggest risks specialists are exposed to are the risk of losing their edge and that of losing their job. The first one can be countered almost always by thinking on your feet and trying to adapt and to see where, let's say, the market is heading in terms of technologies and be the first one or among the first out there. The other one about the job, well, that's something that everyone is exposed to. So at various points in their career, anyone is at risk of losing their job. But as a specialist, if, for example, if you're doing a migration, the project might be discontinued, the company might be bought by a bigger company with other plans, or they might decide to work with a different specialist who's even better than you. Either way, this can also be solved by thinking fast on your feet. One thing I learned while being self-employed is that you should diversify your portfolio first and foremost. Instead of one big client, have two or three smaller ones, because this way 
you have a bit of, let's say, redundancy. If one or two contracts fall through, you still have one contract to keep you alive while you get more business. Okay, I think this is all I know about the concept. I did a brain dump here, but I'll make sure to update the blog article I published on the same topic if extra information appears. You can find the link in the show notes, so go ahead and read it and subscribe to the newsletter. Now, before I wrap up here, I'd like to ask you to share your thoughts on this topic. What do you think? Is it better to be a generalist or should you specialize? And also, if you have any feedback for me, topics you'd like to hear me talking about, or if you would like to be a guest of the show, just drop me a line on Twitter or send me an email or an Instagram DM or whatever you prefer. I am at Oprah Rocks on almost every platform, so it won't be that hard to reach me. And while you're at it, follow me on your platform of choice. Whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Medium, Reddit, you name it, I got it. Okay, we've reached the end of this episode. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. So talk to you next time.